This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> We're having some technical difficulties. The, the technical difficulties are technically I'm right and Liam's an asshole. <laughs> um, okay. Oh no, oh no, it's starting again. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Christian. What you're listening to right now is a little bit of a buffer uh, before the episode because we had to split it in two. So episode 31 was uh, all about our favorites of the, the past year, of 2019. What you're listening to right now is our favorites of the past decade. So uh, we hope you look forward to that. Uh, and yeah, maybe this time Liam and I won't fight. Uh, enjoy the episode. This is, uh, we're picking up right back where we left yeah. off. <laughs> I started the recording. I left the room very angry because I was mad at Liam. I had to go outside for a minute, go cool down. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a lot of editing on this podcast for, for, for those of you at home that probably missed out on the past two minutes where I, where I, uh, stormed outside and kicked a, kicked a dog or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I killed a cat. And, yeah. But Liam did that, uh, before the podcast. It's a telltale yeah. side of a serial killer. Uh, all right okay well we're we're back hey we're, <laughs> we're, back. we're back to the podcast i got really mad at liam for those of you listening at home uh yeah there's a good chunk of that episode that you're probably not going to hear which i'll res- uh, reserve for just for just liam and i to listen to uh for when we get mad at each other just as a reminder to be nicer like, to each other you go to all couples right, therapy yeah we're gonna yeah. we i mean we were, we started last week all right let's play this we'll listen to this and be like yeah don't do it. It's just, <laughs> it's just yeah. For for those of you at home, you're gonna hear like do 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 do. We're having some technical difficulties. The, the technical difficulties are technically I'm right and Liam's an asshole. Um, okay. Oh no! Oh no! It's starting again. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we just kind of discussed our favorite movies of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't really have much to say about mine. I've said my piece with the things that I've uh, that I've seen last year. Uh, I really enjoy Knives Out. I think Knives Out is just a fantastic film. Uh, I've said uh, you know forty five minutes worth of, of stuff about Midsummer, so I don't really need to cover that anymore. Um, if not longer, you could probably compile all the things I've said and and have like a two hour long <laughs> episode <laughs> just about that. Uh, but now we're going to go into the things that, uh, we really liked from the past decade. So from 2010 to 2019, I think is kind of our, our stream. So the past nine years, I suppose, I guess you could say 10. Yeah, um, well, it would be 10. So uh, be I, I don't know if you're going to follow this fully Lucas, but some rules Christian and I had for ourselves, which is that like, we have to pick a uh, one film per, uh, I was at per year. Yeah, but we we all know Lucas does things a little different. Yeah, I mean, like, sort of yeah, thing, I mean so. like just so bad. Like we, I just saw it as a waste that we aren't ranking them. It's just like this is our favorite that came out that year, and then just going at then just going year by year. No, yeah, year, that, you that, guys that, can organize it however you want. Yeah. Mine's chaos. Yeah, yeah, and Lucas is pure chaos. Yeah, that's yeah. We just just I don't know. I just figured that was the most reasonable way to do a top ten without like having to really rank each of our favorites of the year. Because like I don't even know how I would rank all of these per each year. I wouldn't make like a ten, like a I wouldn't organize them according to like like you know quality. Or yeah, like, like per enjoyment. year. Like I wouldn't say twenty two two thousand seventeen is ahead of like uh, twenty nineteen or anything like that. Like yeah, it would just be jambled. It would be like number nine, my favorite film of of twenty fifteen, <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah. Do we want to maybe work backward in years though? Um, I think. Uh, 
it might be fun just to start from the beginning of a decade. Start in 2010, work our way up. Because that way it could show, like, where we started off and then kind of where we're at now. Yeah. Um, so for me, my, my 2010 pick, uh, 2010 was when I graduated high school. Uh, Lucas, I think you were a couple, you were a year ahead of me, right? I think it was a year behind you. A year behind me? Yeah. You graduated in 2011? I graduated in 2011, yeah. Yeah, and Liam, you were 2013, 2014? Uh, when I, uh, graduated? Or yeah. I graduated in 2015. Right, so Liam's a little, little, you know, he's a little younger little now. Baby. Yeah. Little uh, baby. Little baby Liam. Wee, wee little Liam. Yeah, no, um, in about grade 10, that was when I was really starting to, like, uh, really start to like get far more of a better understanding of film and like real and starting to look for different things in there yeah outside of just like wanting to go see whatever was in the theater of the time yeah uh so for 2010 for for my my pick of that year i i chose derek Sinefrance's uh blue valentine very uh, good movie which i still love to this day it's it's one of my favorite films also a movie about breakups that one that one is that's pretty much what it's about that's a movie i watched when uh I remember watching it for the first time when I was like very, very upset about some stuff. Yeah, not a, not a. You shouldn't watch it when you're upset because mm-hmm. it'll just make things worse. Then again, maybe don't watch it if you want to be super fucking sad because <laughs> it's not a happy movie. It mm-hmm. is very depressing. Um, the uh, performances by Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling are just outstanding. I think watching because they go back and forth in time um, from when. Uh, the two of them were were really happy together versus when they're at the end of their rope and uh, the dichotomy between those two points in time is 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 quite tragic um, but also very um, eye-opening to what some other people might be experiencing in their lives at that time uh, especially you know in, incorporating a child into that into that into that into that dynamic really affects um, not just yourself, but everybody else around you, and how and how that structure of your of your life and how you how you see your life and your loved ones really changes over time. There's even like of uh, a fact that like even since that movie came out, there's kind of been like uh, more movies trying to kind of emulate that a little bit. Like yeah. it looks, I haven't seen it yet, but it looks like um, a Marriage Story is kind of doing that, or just yeah. like or smashed, yeah, or um, smashed, and like uh, I mean, part of why it also struck a chord with me when I first watched it is because like. I mean, obviously, the kid in that movie is a y- lot younger than I was. Yeah, she, she's very young. Yeah, but, like, uh, but like I grew up in a separated family or whatnot, and I remember my parents arguing with each other all the, all the time leading up to when they eventually decide to split. Yeah. Um, Let's get real. I remember also uh, that um, the makeup and stuff on them from, like, when they were young to when they were older was very well put together. Yeah, not a whole lot on Michelle Williams. Um, yep. She she kind of they age her up a little bit, but what they do on Ryan Gosling is quite outstanding. Yeah, Gosling looks towards the end; he looks really rough, and they do a really good job at showing yeah. that. Because the original plan for that movie was that they were going to do it very similar to how they did Boyhood, where they were going to have them uh, when they were younger, and then pause production for a number of years, and then come back and do it again okay. when they are when they were older, but. The way that they they did it anyway it still works with the film. Like they make, like I said, they make Ryan Gosling look like he's like fifty, when wow. in reality in the movie he's probably only supposed to be like in his mid thirties. But again, the dynamic shift and and the the way that your emotions can age you quite um, drastically really really shows in that it's film. A movie that also really helped showed that Ryan Gosling isn't just a uh, uh, was it a teen uh, was it a teen heartthrob from like the Notebook. He's a he can be a genuinely good actor. Yeah, 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 and that and that and that's one of those uh, those movies that really showed that Derek Sinefrance was really good for that sort of thing because even in uh, the Place Beyond the Pines, which is the other movie that they did together, uh, 
Ryan Gosling is is just a powerhouse in that film too. Like we were talking, yeah, I heard, I overheard you guys talking about Drive when mm-hmm. uh, I was outside of the room, and uh, same sort of thing that like he kind of had. There was a Ryan Gosling like Renaissance. Yeah, 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 there was. For yeah, a couple it years. was a, a Renaissance. Yeah, was and Venver was the Reconnaissance. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I Blue Valentine for me is my 2010 pick. Yeah, and I, I mean, I actually did toy with the idea of putting that. Like, it would definitely be in my top five of that year of like uh that year because uh, it is a movie i like a lot in fact i should probably watch it again at some point yeah but like uh just a few uh was a one a few things did kind of beat it out for me but it, again it's still a movie i like a lot so what is 2010 for you um isn't it lucas's turn but uh, i mean well, I'm sure I mean, it is the now first, <laughs> the first one on my list is from 2020 2010 anyway we're going from your very deep analysis of blue valentine i really like how to train your dragon <laughs> <laughs> 2010, really? <laughs> yeah, 2010. That, 10 years, that movie. 10 years. Oh, and speaking of favorites of 2019, I forgot. How to Train Dragon 3 came out this uh, year. Yes, yes, like, true. Yes, very like true. Like February. But anyway, uh, yeah, how to tra- I really like How to Train Dragon. Um, I've still never seen it, actually. Yeah, yeah neither of us have. Uh, yeah, I'm the only one. I'm all alone over here. Uh- <laughs> now we know how you Now we know how you feel with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've talked about How to Train Dragon in the franchise a lot, so I won't go over everything again, but it just it meant a lot to me because I could relate to Hiccup a lot and the whole being an outcast from like your entire society sort of thing and finding the connection with like a pet can be very, very powerful and that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Lucas has that with his cat, I'm sure. I love my cat. My cat's great. <laughs> oh. My name's Kimmy. Kimmy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you ever see its butthole? <laughs> she she shows me her butthole quite often. Right on. I don't, I don't want the images image of Lucas's cat's ass. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry guys. I I did realize I I really should be honest with you, the both of you. Um, I've I've decided that I want to change my uh, career uh, from mm. from what we're currently doing to uh, I'm going to be a scientist. Okay. Um, but I'm going to be studying bestiality. Uh, so if you, you so if you need me, I'll be in my lab. Yeah. And I. <laughs> And, oh, I will, no. and I will be his assistant specializing in proctology. Yeah. Liam, did you catch the joke oh, by no. chance? Did you catch oh, the punchline no. there? No, I, I think I might have missed <laughs> it. Yeah. He's going to be in his lab. Oh. Be in my lab. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right, I'm wait. a dummy. <laughs> I'm he a, said it. That means yeah. I could say it. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like Joe Rogan now. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, uh. My favorite film of 2010 was a very hard toss-up. Like, uh, at one point, uh, I thought it was going to be The Social Network. At one point, I thought it was going to be Inception. But I realized that my favorite of 2010 was probably The Town, uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is because, like, I had always, like, at least not minded Ben Affleck as an actor. But this is a movie that showed me that, like, he can actually be, like, that he can actually be, like, especially a tour de force as a director. Because Ben Affleck does really genuinely direct the crap out of it. And uh, he also gives like a very, uh, was it sobering performance? And um, for Ben Affleck. That... <laughs> yeah, no, essentially. Because he uh, was an alcoholic. Yeah, the movie uh, fo- essentially follows uh, uh, Ben Affleck as a career bank robber along with his best friend played by Jeremy Renner. And they uh, uh, was a ki- essentially um, kidnap a, uh, a, they have to take a hostage with them who's uh a teller at a bank that uh, they pulled a heist at. And essentially, to make sure she hadn't seen anything, Ben Affleck has to follow her around for a little bit to make sure that, like, there's, again, that, like, there's nothing she could report on. And essentially, the two of them end up getting together or whatnot, and 
it follows Ben Affleck as he's slowly trying to, like, just get out of, like, uh, being a career criminal. And, like, which is something he got roped into as a child because, like, his dad was a criminal, was a bank robber and all of that. Yeah. And it's just, like, a really, uh, like, outside of effect, but it's, like, kind of, like, very intensely directed. Like, the last 30 minutes or so are really rough. It was also the movie that really introduced me to Jeremy Renner. And cemented him as uh, one of my favorite actors. Not Dahmer. Dahmer didn't do it for him. I've never, I've never seen Dahmer. It's not good. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, um, he's like, he's a complete like kind of scum of the earth person who like, even at the end, like the kind of interesting thing about him is that like he kind of barely gets a redemption at the end. He kind of just uh, what happens to him happens, and that's kind of the end of it, which <laughs> like kind of shows like uh, the brutality of like when you get into like an absolute when you kind of start to become like a scum of the earth person yeah like you kind of just you're gone like this just happens to you and then that's it so so you can relate ah uh, uh, but we weren't gonna jab each other anymore yeah <laughs> i thought i'd get one more in at the um, beginning of the year. but yeah no uh again like affleck wrote and directed being directed the entire cast is great like you've got uh uh rebecca hall's vera Blake Lively plays a, essentially a crack whore in it. Oh yeah, who's the mother of uh, of uh, Ben Affleck's uh, illegitimate daughter? Um, and Ben Bear's uh, uh, John Hamm is Vera's uh, asshole FBI agent. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it was one. Of, it was definitely uh, the movie that probably stuck with me the most out of. Um, I was it out of the 2010s, uh, just because again, like it did kind of change my perception on like, on like it kind of showed me that like. Uh, despite making a string of bad films or whatnot like a a, a, an artist or a director or an actor they can come back still and they can still make something kind of special yeah i mean it did lead to me getting my hopes up a little too high when ben affleck was cast as batman but yeah that's another story or go fuck yourself yes (laughs) uh my next on the on my list is uh 2011 uh and uh my choice for that year is one that i know we all enjoy I know we all really love that movie, uh, but it's one that still sticks with me from that year, and that's Cabin in the Woods. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Cabin in the Woods is is an outstanding uh, breakdown of of horror films, just in general, but well, just also a celebration in general. A celebration, but also a spoof uh, in the best way possible, because yeah. it it takes all the best things about horror films and then just makes them like bare bones, absolute bare bones, and then batshit crazy on top of that. You know, uh, do you guys watch Dead Meat, or are you familiar with it, like The uh, Kill Count? No. You and I have watched uh, some Dead Meat together. Yeah, it's this guy on YouTube. His name's James A. Janice, and he makes these videos where he just counts how many people die in a movie in horror oh, okay. films. Uh, but he also explains the plot of the movie as he does it. So I've seen a lot of movies through him, in a way, right? right, right. So I don't actually have to watch a shitty movie. I can just watch his breakdown of it. But he did one on the on Cabin in the Woods for, for New Year's, and uh, he, he brought up a, really, a lot of really great points about how um uh who's the director again that's uh, uh drew goddard yeah drew goddard it's it. like the mm-hmm. only movie that he's directed right um i'm pretty sure it's the no, only he one directed so. uh uh bad times of the el royale which oh right, right. Seen yet. yes yeah, yes seen that one. um but before that he'd only done cabin in the woods and and he had said that uh the reason why that movie stands out so much for a lot of people is because he put his all into it because he had said this will probably be the only movie I'll ever get to direct. Okay. And so that's why there's so many practical effects. That's why he, when he, when they were doing things um, on set, he was right there with them. Like if you, if you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff, um, especially with the, with the merman and things like that, uh, 
that is mostly practical. Yeah, no, I think I'm it's a, like yeah. I think it's like eighty percent practical, right. and and part of that was he was like uh, he was right there. Goddard was like right in front of the oh, camera. I'm amazed much. at what they were able to do with uh, a lot of the effects and stuff in that movie, and also like uh, just like it was such a cool and original. They took it shows that like you could take like a super cliched idea like the Evil Dead formula and then like do something like uh, very different with it, like that yeah. whole point when the stoner guy is like. Why is Kurt acting like an alpha dog now and whatnot? Isn't he like a political scientist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I really love the the list that they have for all the choices of of all the things that could yeah. kill them in yeah. there. Hey, but, but I voted zombies too. Yeah, well, yeah, but this is redneck zombie murder family, torture, or torture family, family. Uh, <laughs> redneck zombie torture family. They're very different. Yeah. He like points their like, different yeah. sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, I really love uh, on the list that it says like perverted tree or something a- like yeah. that. Alien. Yeah beast Alien. kevin kevin <laughs> Wait, we what? need to talk about kevin a little while ago christian and i watched that movie and we were like and when all those fucking monsters get released at the end we were like so which one of them is kevin which one is kevin <laughs> i don't know <laughs> gotta know we, we need a sequel yeah Just um, tell us who kevin is. there's been a lot of a lot of plans for a sequel but it, mm. it'll probably never happen probably not. i remember after it was over i remember thinking to myself like great but there will never need to be another horror movie made again. No, no. <laughs> I, like, I would be content if this was the last ever horror film. Like a real horror film. Yeah. yeah. All right, Liam. Um, again, me, but, but you keep skipping over Lucas. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas. That was rude, man. Uh, the, I keep forgetting how the flow is going. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only 2011 movie I had on my list was uh, Cabin in the Woods, so I'll do nice. a, a different one. I have lots of 2014 movies. Let's do that one. Sure. Uh, a Nightcrawler. Yeah. Nightcrawler oh, yeah. is a great movie. Oh, Nightcrawler, I, will be I put on my Nightcrawler a little more when I get to oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. my 2014. <laughs> I, I had put it on my honorable mentions, mm-hmm. uh, just because I there was another movie on my list that I liked a lot more. Ha- literally, like at least a third of my list is movies from 2014. Yeah. So I get it, and I really don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Night Nightcrawler almost almost solely for for Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Yeah, it's one of the best performances of the decade, in my opinion. I would oh, agree. And one of the most underappreciated performances, definitely. But like, but you can take uh, Gyllenhaal's performance and replace it with an average performance. I think it still would still be a very good movie. I think so because yeah. I think Dan Gilroy's script and his direction is is impeccable. Uh, Riz Ahmed's in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I learned uh, that the other day. Dan Gilroy's wife, mm-hmm. Bill uh, Bill Paxton, maybe rest his soul. Uh, no. uh, <laughs> did we kill him did we kill bill paxton uh, don't say it on the podcast shit, sorry <laughs> maybe yeah, <who> knows? <laughs> no, and i like it it's kind of an interesting take on like uh the news media mm-hmm. like and how if, if it bleeds it sells or whatever whatever i think that's the line is. yeah or something, yeah, like, something that. like that and or no if it, if it bleeds it leads if it bleeds, if it bleeds, it leads it there leads. you go yeah that's the phrase and kind of it's, it's not really i don't know if it's like a commentary on it just sort of an observation i'd say yeah else. i would agree and how how someone like lou bloom who's one of the greatest characters ever created uh who's so sociopathic he just takes advantage of that mm-hmm. and it's just it's just an incredible movie it's great and yeah. he barely blinks the entire yeah movie. yeah he's his if eyes I are that just I want a these little things, bit too open if i say that i want these things it means that i want these yeah. things. Also <laughs> the fact that the year before that he um he did a performance where he uh just blank all the time in uh prisoners like he just wouldn't quit blinking in that movie right, right. oh yeah. yeah 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 enemy came out in the same year as prisoners right uh enemy was released a few months later in early uh 2014 right okay cool um the only oh, denny villeneuve film that i didn't love 
Enemy. It wasn't bad. I just, just like Liam and I, I were enemies right now. Like it very much. Are you excited for Dune? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, my favorite of uh, 2014 was or 20, uh, or, or sorry, or 2011. I just skipped ahead because I only had one 2011. <laughs> you know, my favorite of uh, 2011 was very hard because that I remember that being one of, uh, at least for like more mainstream films, one of the worst years I'd seen for them in a long time. Was which year? Sorry, 2011. 2011. Like, yeah. I mean, like we got like uh, that was also like when Mar. We weren't really getting before we got the Marvel movies every year or whatnot. We got two that year, but they were mainly just building up to the Avengers. Odd number years usually aren't the best kind of years. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. last year was kind of an exception for that, but odd number years usually are not very good. Well, twenty. Remember two thousand one? That movie yeah. that year sucked. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a few reasons why that year sucked, uh, but I can uh, think of two very large reasons why that year sucked. My favorite, but my favorite film of 2011 was a little indie darling called uh, um, called Take Shelter. Take Shelter. That's Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. And of course, Michael Shannon. That's not. It, I always get that in Midnight Special confused because Midnight Special is the one with the superhero kid, right? Um, I've never actually seen Midnight Special, but that's the one with the superhero uh, kid. Yes. What's Take Shelter? Take Shelter follows uh, Michael Shannon and uh, is a father living out in a uh, living out in a rural town with a uh, do- outside with a daughter who's deaf and his wife uh, Jessica Chastain. And he starts ha- essentially having these uh, visions of a, of an apocalyptic storm coming. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so he essentially, you know, those uh, like shipping containers on like freighter ships. He essentially buys one of those and starts becoming obsessed with building a bunker to keep his uh, to keep his wife and kids safe. And like the entire town is like starting to think he's going insane or whatnot. Like he he turns he gets rid of his dog he or he gets rid of his dog because he's starting to get paranoid about that. He um. He starts flipping out in the middle of a town, and there's, like, this whole ambiguous thing as to if he's actually losing his mind or as to if, like, there is actually this storm coming. Like, uh, the, uh, was it the last uh, 20 minutes or so are really sad and almost kind of heartbreaking because his wife is essentially telling him, like, it's like, there's nothing going on. We need to get out of there. You are going to lead us up there and show us that there is no storm. And then they get out there. Uh, was it they kind of come Don't out Don't spoil of anything. Yeah, and... uh. I won't fully spoil, I won't really spoil the ending, but, like, it seems like everything's all uh, put into place, but then at the end, there's a little bit more leading to that, ver- that it may- maybe everything isn't over, or is he just, like, absolute, or is he absolutely insane? Right. Um. But, like, yeah, that was the movie that really sold Michael Shannon to me as an actor, because before that, all I had really seen of it was, like, Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where he plays Christopher Walken's son. And uh, Jerry O'Connell's uh, 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 stepbrother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, um, yeah, no, it's the best way I could describe it to people who haven't seen it is it's kind of like a weird mix of almost, like, Signs and uh, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, there's one particularly great scene where it's, Michael it's, Shannon... Oh, I th- The Shining. I'm sorry. I was like, it's funny how you picked two M. Night movies. And then I was like, my brain was like, nope, wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong. You, well, I mean, I know Shyamalan does kind of want to be Kubrick, so... yeah. Um, but like, uh, there's, uh, there's this whole point in, of uh, a community center when Michael Shannon just starts losing his mind and like, uh, it's like, that was an Oscar worthy performance. I thought he actually got really snubbed that year when it came to, well, because the Academy really had its head up its own ass that year, like uh, nominating, like, uh, oh, let's see, we got to nominate Scorsese for Hugo. We got to nominate the artist because of a gimmick of it being in black and white. We Fuck gotta... you, that movie's great. I do. Okay. It's a good movie. Don't at me. It's a good <laughs> film. Uh, <laughs> was, we film. have to nominate The Help because it's about race relations. We have to nominate. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that was my personal favorite of uh, 2011. Yeah. Uh, moving oh, on to 2012. 2012, a the year we were all big. supposed to die and probably did, and now we're living in a rapture-esque uh, purgatory. Oh, we're in hell, yeah. Yeah, definitely. currently. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if this actually if that was the truth. If so, then, I mean, at least we're making good movies in hell. Yeah. 2012, uh, also very good year for movies, or a very big year for movies, to yeah, say Yeah, it was least. huge. Um, that That's uh, when we got The Avengers. We got The yep. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. We got... Uh, Django Unchained. Yep. Yeah, Ralph, Looper. Yeah, it's all great. Um, uh, my my choice for that year was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master, which I uh, still haven't seen. Actually, a lot of people haven't. Uh, it's uh, I think it's Joaquin Phoenix's like premier performance. It's one of his best. Uh, uh, he, uh, the movie is essentially about Scientology, uh, with some leeway, a little bit uh, of uh, malleability there. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams are also in it. Uh, I believe um, Todd from what's his name, Jesse Plemons, I believe is also there. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of really, really great uh, performances in that film, and basically, it's just about Joaquin Phoenix's character falling deeper and deeper into this cult, essentially, and getting indoctrinated into this cult, while Amy Adams and Philip Seymour Hoffman are trying to to bring him in and kind of make him kind of like a martyr or like a prophet, in a way. And it's 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 just beautiful. It's it's incredibly well shot. Uh, the performances are fantastic. The the directing is just outstanding. Um, Isn't it, it also a period piece? Yeah, yeah, very much so. So it takes place pretty much in the in the fifties, sixties. Because yeah, um, that would have been when Scientology was starting to gain a little bit more prominence, a little bit more traction. It was more of the eighties, was it not? Uh, there, there was a lot of like it was starting to rise out of the underground in the in the fifties and sixties because. That's when uh, I was at Elrond was really starting to move forward. I believe. Yeah. Again, I could very well be wrong, but yeah, I, I I'm not sure. Uh, maybe we should read a book. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. So the master. That's my choice. All right, Liam. I mean Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> um. Despite the fact that there's a lot of really really good movies that came out in 2012, I didn't put any of them on my list. So. Uh, not even 2012. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. When did that come out? John Cusack. Uh, did that come out in 2012? No, that came out in 2009. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. And I, I remember when it was over, I looked at my dad, and I said, in 2012, or in 2013, I'm going to rewatch this movie and laugh. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll do another 2014 movie. Sure. <laughs> a lot of 2014 movies. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Which we did a whole episode on, basically. We, pretty that much. Came yeah. shockingly close to being my favorite of 2014. Yeah. It was pretty damn close for me as well it was it was right it was just about there Mm -hmm. it is on my honorable mentions list but uh it was almost almost there i have a good thing i picked it yeah um (laughs) yeah that movie's fucking fantastic it's so good it's it's not it's genuinely one of my favorite movies like i've ever seen Mm -hmm. it's it's just incredible on so many levels you can interpret it in so many different ways my personal interpretation it's sort of um it's sort of a debate or not a debate but like a conversation about the difference between prejudice prejudice and bigotry right because caesar is very prejudiced against humans but he is able to see that he is and he's able to come around whereas koba is a bigot and he's locked and that's why uh uh caesar weak but koba weaker right <laughs> i love that i love that i, I We've we've spent a whole lot of time talking about there's also uh, Dawn like, of the Planet of the Apes. There's also like there's even like some stuff like you and I have talked about. You could even see some stuff about like gun control in no. there or whatnot. Guns, yeah, yeah. Like don't because if you look, if you really pay attention, notice how every time something goes wrong, it's because somebody has a gun. Yeah, or that's true. That's true. 
But yeah. that's another way to interpret it. That's why I said you can interpret it uh, so many different ways. It's 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 just a great movie. Yeah, it's almost kind of like it's kind of like a fellow with apes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I thought it was more like uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, <laughs> but with monkeys. All right, Liam. Um, so for uh, 2012, my favorite film of that year was uh, Looper. Looper. Looper is a good movie. My introduction to uh, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. I think a lot thanks, of it bud. is. Yeah, thanks, man. I think a lot of it is that that was the year that uh really showed me that sci-fi was striking back from just like uh. Like, it showed that a sci-fi movie can be at least moderately successful. It also, I thought, did a perfect job at blending, like, some kind of thoughtful ideas with just some good old-fashioned badass action. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I always found, like, great watching. He disappears into being Bru- a younger Bruce Willis. The makeup's a little wonky in some it's spots. Little, yeah, it's a little cheesy. Um, but, like, the way he carries himself and the way he talks, like, there's even on the special features, like, Bruce Willis even says, like, yeah, we were sitting there in the diner scene, but first film scene we shot together... And I remember looking at me and be like, you're good. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, I love how it also show, it also uh, kind of set up a number of things that would really be prominent in later Ryan Johnson films where, like, uh, he loves to subvert expectations, but in a way that kind of makes sense. Like, how they go a, uh, and they start going a different direction. Like, after the first hour or so of Looper, it kind of becomes a different movie. Yeah. When he winds up on the farm and, like, there's that whole debate is, like, should we be rooting for Bruce Willis trying to uh, get trying to get his wife back, or should we be supporting? Uh, uh, was it Joseph protecting this child or whatnot? Like whose life whose life is really more important here? Which Bruce Willis is the right Bruce Willis? Yeah. <laughs> There's also a fact that uh, Bru- it's probably the last great performance from Bruce Willis that I saw. Where like uh, there's that scene where he shoots a kid and like he just breaks down, and you could tell that like it was really that he's like, why did I have to do this? But then yeah. he just looks at like. Of a little, I think it's like a little pocket watch with his wife in there, and he's like, "No, I have to keep moving forward." Um, I like the way the universe is, and like I could, I personally could see like a twenty, because I believe it's in like twenty. I uh, was it like twenty fifty or something, or like um, I could see like the twenty fifties looking something like that, like where it's not like super far taken off. Like people are still driving cars, but there are like, but there are things like hover bikes and. Yeah. Uh, I love, I've always loved in uh, those uh, sci-fi films where it's like, in the not-too-distant future of 2008. Yeah. <laughs> well, the original Blade Runner is set in, 20, in 2019. 2019. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had Blade Runner Day uh, in November. Yeah. November 13th, I think. I believe so. Yeah. I think um, I got to rewatch Looper. It's been a long time since I saw it. I think you'll like I, it. I think I'll like it more in my current, like state of being that i did then yeah there's also like i also love how like and then this is something that also carries forward like uh just a lot of like ryan johnson's sense of, like i almost kind of anime-ish sensibilities like there's a drug that they're taking towards the beginning or joseph gordon levitt's saying where like he drips it into his eye or whatnot and like uh, that's the essentially the same drug that uh the guy who we're looking for in the first episode of cowboy bebop is taking yep pretty oh, much yeah that's nice. true um I, I always saw it as kind of like acid but yeah, I mean, like, it was... I mean, I've never touched drugs before in my life, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, it's just, like, uh, I just loved how it's, like, it's a drug that I could actually... It's a thing that I could actually I could see, see it being, being a drug. Oh, yeah, I could yeah, see that like being real. you drip it into your eyes, and then, like, uh, it could be, like, a form of Coke or, like, an MDMA or yeah. something. It's just Visine. Yeah, it's, like, uh... This is really extra strength Visine. Yeah, or, like, uh, I also love that montage of, like, uh, Ergs goes through uh, Joseph's life after he did kill Bruce, and he, st- and he just slowly starts to turn into Bruce Willis. Like, I think that's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, like, wh- when we got that flashback kind of thing. Yeah, or, like, that flash forward throughout his life and yeah, all of that. that's a cool scene. 
Um, I also, uh, I have one little theory, I had one little theory watching it that was completely destroyed by a deleted scene, and that's, uh, you know, like, Jeff Daniels or whatnot, and remembers, uh, Noah Sagan's character, who has that rivalry with, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. I on and, uh, kind of, um, what's his name, Jeff Bridges look, or not Jeff Bridges, uh, Jeff Daniels looks down on him. My, I had a theory, because it added nothing to the movie at all, I just thought it was kind of cool, is that, what if Noah Sagan's character is actually just a younger Jeff Daniels? Yeah. And that's why he looks so down on him. But that's not... If there's a deleted scene where they take him out back to try and kill him, but he gets away. Right, right. Yeah, so, like, maybe that's why Ryan Johnson cut it. I don't know. Yeah, But, like, yeah, that was my favorite film of uh, 2012. Right on. And now we're moving into 2013. 2013. Um, I know for ours, we might as well talk about it together. Uh, because we saw it together. It's, it's, together. Yeah, it's, it's a, our favorite. It's his favorite of the year, and that's her. Ah, yes. um, so another Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix movie, Jo Quinn Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> I love that Quinn guy. Jo Quinn, uh, thank you for for giving us the performance of Theodore. Uh, Liam and I saw. Uh, I'm sure we've talked about this before in the podcast, but what originally was going to happen was um, I was going to go see Jurassic World again. Or, no, Jurassic World wasn't out. No, yet. no, it wasn't Jurassic I, World. What? Okay, here's where Lego. The, was it the Lego movie? No, here's where the eidetic memory kicks in. Oh yeah, here we go. So I remember uh, I find I saw on my that there was finally a showing going on and uh i was like uh i remember i had some movie tickets because because well, up at that point i had st- i really did like spike jones films yeah um, i was like t- i remember i called you up or whatnot and you were at work and i was like hey christian i have some movie tickets to go see her do you want to go and you're like yeah how about uh uh we go to this time and meet you at the theater and then we just uh I uh, was it we just met up and went oh i was talking about inside out that's the yeah. other one which yeah. it will pop up on the list later on but um, yeah, so we went and saw her, and uh, I think I had just gotten out of a relationship at that point. Yeah, and like, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I ha- I feel like there was something weird going on in my life at the time. I know it wasn't a relationship, but there was some weird existential thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we sat down, we were watching this movie, and I had to block my eyes from Liam in a cupped mo- fashion because I was sobbing like a fucking and child. And he was scared that I was going to be a <laughs> smug asshole about it. And you weren't, and I appreciate that. Not much, is, uh, a lot has changed. <laughs> a lot has changed. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I absolutely adore that film. I think Spike Jones really, really uh, uh, captured what it meant to be in a relationship, but not only that, like what he envisions of relationships might be like in the future, you know, because that movie, it, it's kind of undisclosed what time period it takes place I mean, in. I ass- I always assume that it's in like 20 years or something. It's, it's in the future because not a lot of stuff is really all that different. Like there's still cars. Um, there's just like the advent of technology yeah, is, like is, set, is advanced. It's also cool because like they shot it in China, I believe, and mm-hmm. the sets and every and a lot of and the city they shot in, it looks a lot more like not cont- contemporary is not the right word almost like more surreal or whatnot yeah so like it kind of looks like a more futuristic thing also uh movie has chris pratt in it and yeah. uh oh, really? or he yeah. became really annoying before yeah like right right i think he was still doing parks and rec at the time so there's a little bit of andy in there but still oh, yeah. a little bit of chris pratt and he, he it's, it's i don't know the movie is it is uh kate mara or is it rooney mara uh it's rooney mara. Ro- rooney mara and uh she plays theo's ex ex-wife um olivia wilde is in it uh yeah she has one scene yeah she's got one scene and it's a great scene because um she and theo are uh, go out on a date together and uh they start like making out after the date and then he like kind of pulls away because he doesn't want to have sex with her i think is what it is and then she just looks at him goes you're a really creepy dude And (laughs) and then he looks at her and he goes no i'm not and then she's like, yeah, you are. And then she walks away. And that's the fucking scene. Wow. <laughs> You're a creepy dude. No, wow. I'm not. 
What I love about uh, her also is that, like, again, I always love this when I go to see movies. I had it with Midsummer. The movie, not Olivia Wilde. I was. I had it with. Uh, I had it with. I had it with Midsummer. I had it with uh, Blade Runner uh, twenty forty nine. Where after it was over, I was like, I think I need a day or two to think about this one and really reflect on it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I realized that outside of it being like a very soulful and like kind of beautiful relationship it's also kind of scary and like uh yeah. especially with like it has it showcases a lot of my concerns and some of my phobias about like the advancements in technology it could almost be like a black mirror episode it, yeah it, I, I think it, if they shrunk it down it definitely could uh, for those man. of you at home that don't know what the plot of the movie is basically uh uh walking phoenix's character theo is went through a divorce and is trying to find love again and they there there's a operating system that you can buy that basically becomes like your personal assistant. It's Google. It's like Google Home or Alexa or those sorts of things. And uh, you can like take it with you everywhere it goes. So you put like a little thing in your ear and you have your phone and you can show it what it what it wants. And it learns. It learns about you and it learns about the world. But then Theo falls in love with the character uh, or the operating system whose name is Samantha. And Samantha is played by Scarlett Johansson. And they fall in love, and it's really nice and sweet. And then it breaks your fucking balls real hard at the end, and There's it's really also, sad. It also has a lot of interesting things to say about like AI and like the development of it and all of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it was kind of like uh, I was. It's one of those movies that I watch every little while or something. Uh, was it just like when I start kind of actually when I start to have some of those weird thoughts about? I was like, gonna say it's one of my sad movies because I have a few sad movies. My sad movies are her. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, those are very two big ones. Blue Valentine is also one of them. They're the movies where I'm just like, I feel sad. Let's make it worse. It's like <laughs> taking a cigarette and just burning your own hand and be like, oh, yeah, that's the good stuff, you know? Yeah, no, outside of, uh, interestingly enough, outside of like one of it being one of the more beautiful films I've seen, it's also one of the more scary films I've seen. Again, just like with some of the implications about like society and like, uh, uh, was it the over-reliance and being plugged in and all of that? Like, yeah. I remember even, like, while I was on the way home after I watched it with you, I was kind of thinking to myself about, like, all of the people who, uh, like, are just out of that movie or, like, looking at her phone and going and are probably going home to see their loved ones. And, like, like is there a part of them that might almost, like, prefer to be around them while texting them instead of actually being with them? Yeah. And that's something that I did find kind of, that did kind of upset me for a little while after it. I mean, I've been in phone relationships before um, where you're with somebody and the only time that like you really are spending with each other is when you're you're together if you know what i mean right like um other than that if you're sitting at a dinner table or you're at the bar you're probably on your phone right and i mean for some people that works and that's great but for other people that's that's boring and will completely destroy your life anyway lucas your turn i'm here too (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh 20 the movie that from 2013 that i put on my list uh was prisoners yeah Yeah. and jake gyllenhaal that was very close to becoming i I absolutely adore that movie uh mostly because of both hugh jackman and uh jake gyllenhaal's performances to me two career highlights yeah Yeah. jake gyllenhaal's all most of his performances are career highlights except for but, velvet buzzsaw yeah <laughs> but um i th- i think it's a really interesting story about how a decent person can turn bad yeah and just going to all those desperate lengths uh to get his daughter back and yeah he just ends up doing things that turns him into a monster also uh, it's also like it's a christian film done right mm. like it because it's a vi- it's a movie very heavy with themes of christianity and like even in like its design and whatnot 
Like, if you look closely, like, some of Jake Gyllenhaal's tattoos or whatnot are, like, of, are of, like, the Christian faith. Or, like, characters are named after Bible characters. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, heavy uh, Christianity undertones. And this is when I say, like, when I rip on films like uh, the, um... Uh, the Left Behind series or those Kirk Cameron movies. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. They say, like, oh, you just hate Christianity or movies that anything that is Christianity it is a film you hate. I'm like, no, like, when a Christian films are done right, they're done very, <laughs> yeah, very well. Yeah, it's like Christian metal, you know? Like, yeah. I'd, ra- I'd rather listen to The Devil Wears Prada than listen to Switchfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> probably did not land for you listen, guys. I <laughs> uh, was it listen to Paramore than uh, Flyleaf. Paramore's not a Christian Trip. band. Haley, uh, Haley Williams is a very that outspoken. Doesn't mean uh, the band is Christian. <laughs> I think that's part of why they left because she's a religious nut. But okay. anyhow, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, Prisoners, great movie. Go watch. You don't have anything else to say about Prisoners? <laughs> oh, I said pretty much everything I needed to say. <laughs> uh, all right, since Liam and I shared one, uh, uh, my next one, uh, twenty fourteen. Is that where I'm at? Where at right now? I believe now? so. Uh, my favorite of that year was Whiplash. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say Whiplash too. Um, uh, I have a very fun story about Whiplash with Lucas and I. Uh, Lucas and I, we we've said it before. We went to film school together, and we had a we had a nice movie theater. Uh, that we used to be able to watch films together. Uh, or not just exclusively together, but with other people. Um, it was so, only for us. Yeah, it was just for Lucas. We locked everyone else out. Uh, well, <laughs> I wish we could have on this one time. Oh, my God. Uh, so <laughs> Whiplash had come out, and uh, we had seen it in the theater. Or did you see it? Did we see it independently, or did we see it? Uh, I think we, we saw it independently at first, yeah. and then when it came out, we watched it in the state theater. Yeah, so we watched it. We were watching it in the theater, and the sound system in there is great. Now, um, Whiplash, the one complaint I have is some of the mixing is a little off. So some scenes are really quiet and other scenes are very loud. Um, I don't think that's Chazelle's in like I don't think that's his fault or anything like that. I think that's just the it's a consequence of making a movie about jazz. And yeah. It's also that yeah. he's a kid and he was still learning about like all of that, especially like aspect. Uh, he was kind of still learning about that and like yeah, and like really starting to become a filmmaker. Yeah. So anyway, Lucas and I were watching this movie and it was after class. It was probably like six or seven o'clock at night. And, uh, like I said, the movie gets loud at some points mm-hmm. and a couple of times I hear a knock on the, on the side door and they're like, this people come in and they're like, Hey, can you turn it down a little bit? And I was like, yeah, okay. So I go up and I turn it down a little bit and then the scene ends and then I have to go turn it back up cause it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, more jazz. And then it gets really loud again, again, another knock on the door. I was so fucking mad cause it, it got <laughs> to the point at the end of the movie where, um, spoilers, uh, uh, Miles Teller's character, uh, uh andrew andrew is uh he he and uh, fletcher are are kind of going toe to toe at this jazz festival thing um where and andrew's trying to embarrass fletcher and vice versa or whatever and it gets really fucking loud and it's like a 10 and a half minute long drum solo mm-hmm. it goes and for a long in- time incredible oh it's just yeah. beautiful it's great and again Even we though- get a knock on the door and i remember i was just like Fuck you! <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking turn this down. And and the thing was, the people that were that were beside us were doing like like a, a meeting, and like I get that, but go one door over, <laughs> you know? Like this is a movie theater. It, it like yeah. what was really what really pisses me off about this whole situation. This has nothing to do with the movie. Is that that's a movie theater, and we are trying to respect the art of film. And by knocking on the door repeatedly and telling us to turn it down is not respectful to the art of film. <laughs> you are trying to you are you are trying to make your own movie, and you're do, you're having your own production meeting over there. Great, 
maybe pick a spot where there's not a fucking movie theater right beside you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anyway, beside the point, fuck you. You're a dick. You know who you are. One thing um, that, that's always stuck out to me about uh, Whiplash is the editing. Oh, it's, like, yeah. it's editing. It's edited oh, like a music video. Like, one of, yeah, yeah. One of the things I really loved about um, the, the moment where you realize that Fletcher is like an abusive asshole, uh, the editing's really great because he slaps Andrew across the face and they cross the line. You know what I mean by that? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they go, the, yeah, they 180, 180. Yeah, the 180 line. Because, um, like, the reason they always tell you, don't do that because it's jarring. But, like, they use that in this moment. Like, they cross the line to make it jarring because that's kind of where the film starts to turn. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Whiplash is brilliant because it's kind of, the whole the whole movie's a question about whether or not great art is worth abuse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. It, I don't know if it really answers that question. It doesn't. It, no. Not at all. Because in, in, in my opinion, kind of spoilers for the end of it, I think it's kind of a tragedy. Yeah. I would agree. I yeah. I, would, I could definitely see that. Like, yeah, I, I think he. Dr- I think the end of the movie where it ends is saying. He's driving himself to kill himself, essentially. Yeah. Well, because I just gave myself goosebumps thinking about this. There's that scene, well, at the end when uh, Andrew's dad is looking at him at, from the sidelines, and he's like, "That's not my fucking son." No, you can the heartbreak in his eyes. Yeah, he's like, "That's not my boy," and and he's like, "That's his kid now." Yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's I tragic. Mean, he, the only real criticism I've ever, I really have with Whip, Whiplash isn't even about the film itself, because it is, uh, it is my favorite film that uh, uh, Damien Chazelle has put out. Um, is just more so that some of uh things that carried over into his career kind of show themselves a little bit early it, which is that like uh, uh Damien Chazelle clearly has like some holier than now opinions about like jazz and all of that that really show themselves in uh, La La Land. Oh yeah, and like yeah, even yeah. towards the beginning of that point when uh, Andrew's talking to his dad and going off like that, I'm like, as just especially after seeing La La Land and that like and how uh like it's just kind of knowing Ch- Damien Chazelle the way we do now, it's for me, it's kind of a little bothersome. To yeah, watch. what it kind of sounds like because I haven't seen La La Land, but um, Whiplash is a love letter to uh, uh, is a love letter to to jazz. La La Land seems more like a ransom letter to jazz. Yeah, <laughs> it, La La Land is very uh, uh, was it again? It's a very like whole. It's very much about like Damien Chazelle's holier than now uh, tribalistic opinions about how jazz should be. Yeah, and it actually does. Uh, uh, was it? I could go into a whole thing about it, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I think I think we've said our piece on Whiplash, Lucas. <laughs> All right, I think I think I've run out of most of my 2014 movies uh, at this point, but I think I have one more, and that is Interstellar. Interstellar. Uh, I I know I know there's there's some mixed opinions about this movie, especially out there. in this room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I absolutely love it. Um, I haven't. To be fair, I haven't watched it in a while, but like the. It was the first film that I saw in like projected on seventy millimeter yeah. film, and that experience itself was for me worth putting oh, uh, this would. movie on its list. But um, I I I don't really have much to say about this movie in the negative sense, except for maybe it's a little too fast paced at times. It doesn't leave enough room to breathe, n- enough like human moments. But uh, I think McConaughey's performance is one of one of his best. I think it's I think it's uh, Christopher Nolan's funniest movie, which is a yeah. weird yeah. thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I give it that. Tars is hilarious. Tars is yeah. great. Yeah, but yeah. That's uh, I don't really want to go too much more into it because, like, like I said, I haven't seen it 
in a while, in a while. so I don't want to misrepresent it. Yeah, yeah I, just to touch on what you were saying about the, the human moments, for the, for the human moments that we do get in that movie, they are very, very solid. Yeah. That moment yeah. when uh, McConaughey's character is, what's his name again? It's uh, uh, Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. When he's watching the the transmissions from oh man that seems heartbreaking oh it's on it's really hard to watch mm-hmm. yeah That's, when he's crying yeah and and but he's hysterically seeing, crying seeing the last like twenty years of his kid's life go by yeah yeah you it's know, really it, hard to watch it's a movie I like quite a bit yeah. um it was also really cool because I did also see it in the uh, in seventy millimeter film I think we all did yeah yeah mm-hmm. I saw it a little bit later we, we, than you guys we, me and Christian saw it. Uh, on the same night, but we didn't like go together. Yeah, no, we saw it the yeah. same theater, same yeah. night. <laughs> and like you walked in, and like I was already sitting there, and I'm like, oh hi. Yeah, Lucas is in the <laughs> is in a, like two rows ahead of me on the opposite side of the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, uh, I don't again, remember who I saw that with. Yeah, no, I. Uh, the only real problem I've ever really had with it is that I think it's a little bit too. Uh, it's a little too ambitious and just can't quite reach it, especially when you get to the end. But even then, like uh, that's just a problem that uh, many artists at least fall into it once, at least once in their career. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I will always respect. It's not like movies that with grand ambitions that like fail miserably and it's tragic. It's just one that re- mostly succeeds for me. It just doesn't quite reach it. I, I can see how I can see how that for me for me it does. I'm also just a sucker for space and like the yeah. visuals of space. Me you know, too. It's, it's yeah. one of the better looking <laughs> movies I saw last decade. That's for sure. All right, Liam. All right, 2014 for me was Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, hey, which uh, you know we've talked about. Yeah, we talked a little bit about. So I'll just give a my quick rundown of, um, about like uh, how many how thumbs? Much, how many what? How many thumbs? Two two thumbs? One thumb? All of them? Up? <laughs> Six <laughs> thumbs, yeah. everybody. But, Six thumbs. Yeah, no. Uh, I especially love like uh, the commentary it has about like uh, the nine o'clock news and all of that, and how like uh, even when you like there's even that scene where Gyllenhaal shows up to. Uh, uh, was it to uh, Rene uh, Russo? And he's like, yeah, I have like a brutal stabbing or whatnot. It's like, it, that's not a good enough. Like, we need like a fucking plane crash. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that just shows like how scary, like the, the what the news traffic's in is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also like, uh, there's even that point when he's going over the footage with her and she says to him something like, wasn't that your friend? And he's like, yeah. And then it just, con- they just continue on watching. Yeah. And I was like, that's actually terrifying thought yeah it's brutal like yeah. i i actually kind of get thoughts about that when i'm watching the news or reading the news each day <laughs> all right uh now we're in 2015. 2015 2015 2015 i think you guys know what i'm gonna say yeah yep. well, yeah do you guys know what i'm gonna say what am yep. i gonna say Wagons. that's Force you're Wagons. fucking right yeah. i am <laughs> um i don't want to say much about it i i've said my piece with the force awakens it's my favorite star wars film it's also one of my favorite movies of all time. I know you guys can feel how you want to feel. No, about I, that. I love Force Awakens. Yeah, it's on my list too. It's great. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. It's fun. Maz Katana's butthole eyes are the star of that show. <laughs> um, I, 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 oh, I just want to say some one thing about Rise of Skywalker. I love how we got to see her her butthole eyes even more in that movie, but how even more wrinkly they were. <laughs> they were even slightly more puckered. It was oh. really, it was great. Um, but yeah, I love Force Awakens. I'm not going to say anything else. I fucking love that movie. And I got nothing really to say about yeah, it. We've good. had too many discussions about it. <laughs> I think on this podcast and off this podcast, yeah. we've all discussed Force Awakens a lot. I think moving forward, we should never talk about Star Wars ever again. <laughs> That's probably a good move. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, twenty uh, for twenty fifteen. Uh, Rise or not Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens is also there for me. But uh, the one I was going to go with because I was pretty sure you were going to talk about uh, Force Awakens is Inside Out. Ah, uh, yes, Inside, Inside Out was is, my second favorite of the yeah, year. It's it's so good. It's I think it's it's a brilliant way of uh, communicating uh, like dealing with your emotions to children. A very very complex yeah. thoughts about emotions and they they make it a, a cartoon. Yeah. You yeah, know? and somehow they they pull it off in a way that kids can like understand. Yeah. Like like philosophy classes teach this stuff and like most yeah. people still don't get it, but this movie kind of communicates it in a way that is 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 emotionally effective and like ideologically effective. Yeah. Even no, uh, I love it. Somebody I know uh his uh mom is a uh, uh, was it she does have a degree in psychology or whatnot mm-hmm. and she watched that movie and she was like yeah no pretty much most of what we're saying here is accurate yeah, yeah. And, and also and also bing bong's great uh, and he is he is, oh man it's sad but take me to the moon it was also yeah. take her uh, to the moon and he has, he has he, one of the best jokes in the movie is when they're on the train of thought uh and they knock over a bunch of boxes and they're like oh no all these facts and opinions look the same he's like <laughs> i just throw them in the same box that's what i do <laughs> <laughs> um there's uh um, there's also a fact that showed that a return to form for Pixar, like, is not after Toy Story, uh, uh was it three? I feel like they were kind of starting to be outdone by the quality of their own work. Yeah, because Good mm. Dinosaur came out right before this. Right after. Right after? Yeah. Oh, okay. Shit. And I but before I, I that, we before. had Monsters University, we had, um, Brave. Which is fine. Monsters yeah, University is yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine, yeah, but fine. it's not, like, at the higher levels of Pixar. Brave, which I didn't like very much. I've never seen and it. And Cars 2, which I described No one as, likes. Yeah, which is, <laughs> no. well everybody says is the one shithead pixar film <laughs> yeah the one that shouldn't be yeah, um, yeah and i basically. agree with you though lucas if, if i could like if i did have an ability to pick another favorite movie of that year yeah. it would have been inside <laughs> out for sure uh i also uh love how shit i lost my train of thought now ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait no sorry i was gonna tell i also love how the fact that uh this is the story yeah, that, the yeah. story that when we went to go see a christian i finished our shift and uh he was like, you want to hang out? I was like, sure, let's go to the movies. He's like, well, I really want to go see Jurassic World again or Mad Max again. And I was like, why? Like, why? It's like, why want to go see something we haven't seen? And I was like, it's like, well, what else is playing? I'm like, I really want to see Inside Out. And he's like, no. And then we flipped a coin. It's like, fine, I'll go see the stupid emotion movie. And then we <laughs> went to go see it. And, and it was it was a exact, uh, it was almost a shot-for-shot remake of when we saw her. Because yeah. I also cupped my eyes and hid <laughs> while I cried like a little baby. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, every single time I see that scene with Bing Bong, oh, it just, I fucking cry. I'm about to cry right now. <laughs> And I'm not even watching the movie. Yeah. Like, that scene alone... I mean, what? It's been five years since... Uh, six years since it came out? Five, five years. Uh, yeah, five years. Five years since it came out? I, I can say it. But that, that, that scene... Because they fall into the regressed memories section of the Something, brain. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what they call it. But yeah, that's the idea. And uh, basically... Where things are forgotten forever. Yeah, yeah, Joy and Bing Bong are down there. And uh, they're trying to get out. But, but And they're trying to take Bing Bong's like rocket-powered... Uh, uh, um, wagon out of there but bing bong's too heavy and so he jumps off oh fuck me <laughs> sacrificing childhood childhood memories to keep joy alive yeah wow yeah. <laughs> and he and she launches and then he goes take her to the moon for me joy yeah oh because, now i'm gonna cry <laughs> because he they used to have that the, a thing together where they would like okay, go to the guys, moon first we get mad and now you're making us get sad this is yeah. an emotional <laughs> ride everybody take her to the moon coaster. for me Oh, um, fuck me. All right. Uh, and then, Lucas, your turn for uh, 2005. He just did. That, that, yeah. Sorry. Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm losing track a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> we, we both yeah. talked about Force Awakens. We yeah. both talked about Inside Out. And yeah. Now we're all lost. 
I'm the, I'm the odd man out because I know Christian doesn't especially like this movie, and I don't know how you feel about it. My favorite film of twenty four of twenty fifteen was Ex Machina. Yeah, oh, I, I, like I don't Machina. I don't hate that movie. I just yeah. think I just don't I don't think it's a, as like I get why you like it. I'll say that. I and I hope you understand why yeah, I don't I just, necessarily love it. I like that movie. You know, and I'm just happy that again, like uh, that we were kind of starting to get a resurgence of actual thoughtful sci-fi without just like it always being like blow him down, blow him down, shoot him up, shoot him yeah. up, <laughs> yeah. or die, motherfucker, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like I think all the performances are outstanding. Like Oscar Isaac disappears into that role. Um, mm-hmm. like I kind of forget I'm watching him at some points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I barely, like, I recognized them when I saw him on screen, and then, like, after the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, Oscar Isaac was, was in that movie. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there's also, uh for a movie that was made as cheaply as it was, it looks amazing, because it did not have a lot of money behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, it also was, uh, for a directorial directorial debut from uh, Alex Garland, I thought that he did an, uh, was an exceptional job. He did Annihilation, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. his next movie okay. was Annihilation. Um, and Crazy like, how long that took him to. Eh? It was like yeah. that was six, uh, well, I mean, five years. I guess technically it was confirmed that he essentially did direct Dread, but he couldn't be credited for it. Right. Oh, interesting. Um, I didn't know that. But like, uh, again, like I've always had a fascination with uh, artificial intelligence and human relationships <laughs> with it, and I liked how uh, it didn't just do like the Blade Runner or Turing test thing, and like they did kind of play around with. Uh, uh, was it like uh, look human and see human and like. You could pass yourself as a human, but can you can it go further than that? Um, there's also the um, like I feel like it was probably the argument for uh, I was like because when you talk about AI, there's always the uh, dualism and uh, mon- versus monism argument, and I think that movie probably has the strongest argument uh, for uh, uh, was it for uh, dualism? Um, like uh, the mind and the body are separate mm-hmm. thing are separate entities, and there's something else that just can't quite be explained. Yeah. Um. And again, like questions like that are just always what kind of get my uh, my kind get of your get Jimmy's rustled there, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> Liam's got a fucking huge three inch boner right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, uh, and uh, I also love how like there are points where it's eerily uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when Oscar Isaac's is dancing there. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> or, like uh, or even just like uh, how uh, was it like how uh, was it he, Oscar Isaac could very well be off his rocker and like and uh, there's also some commentary on like gender roles there. Mm-hmm. Like how all of the machines he makes, he manifests them as women, and like yeah. he always treats them like shit and whatnot, and like how they're kind of just objects to him and not people. Um, I feel like it's yeah. a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, no, just uh, again, like stuff like that is kind of what I look for when I go to see sci-fi films, and uh, that's probably the biggest reason why it wound up as my number as my number one for 2015. Right on. Yeah, now 2016. 2016. So you guys have seen my list. Both of you have. Mm-hmm. Surprise, motherfuckers. I'm changing it. Now. <laughs> so, oh, no. so I had one on my list, but after thinking about it for a while, I've kind of changed my idea a little bit. Originally, my 2016 choice was Arrival. Mm-hmm. Now, I still think that's true. However, I, a movie that I like a lot more is not a movie. It's a stand-up special, and that's Bill Burnham's Make Happy. Ah, yes. Um, I think that I'm sticking fair. with it. I think I'm sticking with with that, just because I've seen Make Happy 
so many fucking times. We Lucas saw, and I saw it live. Yeah, yeah, we saw it live. It was great. It was fuck. It was great. Yeah. yeah, my phone. I I tried to take a picture of Bo. My flash went off. And we almost got kicked out. <laughs> um, and by almost kicked out, I mean I hid my phone really quickly. Yeah. And then I was really freaked out for the next half hour. Yeah, I was I was a little nervous for yeah. a while, but no one came. So yeah. I'm like, okay, we're good. Yeah, we were okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think uh, make happy. It's probably my favorite of 2016, just because. It spoke to be on on levels that are that are unspeakable, you know. No, yeah, make happy's it, it. All of Bo Burnham's like specials are brilliant. Yeah, but I think make make happy was kind of for for a while. I I was like make happy's good, but like I think what's better. But um, then I watched them both again, and make happy's on another level. It is. It's something yeah. else. Like what is really good. I I, yeah. I do think what is fantastic. But make happy just really it because it's it's more than just a comedy special. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking about like. He he he's really depressed. He's really <laughs> yeah, sad. The, the the Kanye rant at the end is yeah. like it, it hits you hard. Yeah, because I mean, you think it's just about a Pringles can. It's not yeah. about a Pringles yeah, can. A Pringles yeah. can and a burrito, but and nope. Burrito. No, it's they're so metaphors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's my that's my. I don't really have much to say. All I got to say is if you haven't seen it, you should go see it because it's brilliant. Um, and you can find it online. I believe you're pretty sure you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, um, it should. It, it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix special. I, I think they might. Have, they it, it goes up and down, up and yeah. down all the time. Because yeah, what what is on YouTube? I don't think the whole Make Happy Show is on YouTube. Didn't they not. all used to be on Netflix or. They used yeah. to be, yeah, but yeah. not not so much anymore. Anyway, that's mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, you already mentioned mine. Did I? Arrival, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that movie a lot. It's so good. Arrival is really uh, good. Yeah, I, I, Amy Adams is incredible in that movie. Jeremy Renner is also very good. But I love how the conflict in the movie it kind of has something in common with um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in this way. The conflict is trying to stop conflict. Right. It's it's not building up to a big battle. It is trying to stop that battle or from make happening. Sh- yeah, make but sure but there is no battle. Like, yeah. we don't and it's all about like the importance of communication yes. and like mm-hmm. actually having constructive discussions. Yeah. Well it's it's funny because the the heptopods, is that what they're called? I believe so, yeah. yeah septopods. The, septopods. Something like that. Um, they they're not they're not there to do any harm. No, like, they're as, just there to like here, here's our thing. Yeah. Here, yeah. this will help you <laughs> drastically. But the Americans are like we're gonna fucking bomb them. <laughs> and I, 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 my one of my favorite parts of that film is is the uh, the plot structure, mm-hmm. right? I'm not I'm not gonna say anything else oh, other than that. It, it caught me off guard. It really blew, took me for a loop. Yeah. When it when 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 I when you get to the end of that movie, I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. No and and way. It, like it kind of like explains the movie's logic like within the story as mm-hmm. well. And it it oh, it's just so good yeah it really breaks my head i went to go see that movie with one of my friends who's probably the biggest uh denia villanova buffer is and uh him and i were talking about and not long after it quickly became one of his favorite movies yeah Yeah. and i really can't blame him either um it's it's, it's an incredible movie like one time i was sitting um at home uh my my sister and her husband lived upstairs and I heard the, and then yeah. I heard Amy Adams's voice. I'm like, they're watching her eyeball. <laughs> um, I also thought Amy Adams got snubbed hard. Oh for, yeah, uh, for an Academy nom. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think it was in an episode of Movies with Mikey where he did um, uh, an episode on Arrival. He mentioned the same thing that she should have been nominated because she had to invent emotions for that role, like looking like looking into the eyes of someone i don't want to spoil things but like you know when she's looking in jerry jeremy Renner's, Renner's eyes and yeah. all things happening yeah she, she like no one's ever felt anything like that before. no she had to invent something for that <laughs> yeah. Role. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's um it's also one of the more uh visually stunning films i saw around uh around that year um i really again i really wish it got more recognition from the oscars or whatnot but then again the oscars are full of a bunch of old 
uh, pretentious, uh, old, uh, boring white dudes. Let's yeah. take over the Oscars. <laughs> Three young white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Three young pretentious white dudes. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with Arrival, I, I think a lot of people kind of forget about it too. Just like general audiences forget about it because it is kind of, it, it is out there and it's a bit it of is a slower burn. It's, it's real slow and it's, it's pretty high concept, uh, mm-hmm. For general audiences, you know, well, in terms okay. of sci-fi, it's not really that it's not high, high, high concept sci-fi, but for general audiences, I think that the, the concept might be a little harder. Yeah, and I, I think I think what it, something that it does brilliantly um, is it because most a lot of sci-fi is very heady, like very intellectual, all about ideas. And it's kind of stops there. Yeah. But uh, Arrival manages to mix like the heady ideas with emotional consequences and i think that's what makes it resonate more with audiences than than most like very heady sci-fi yeah yeah like uh i think it's just that like it also came out in a very rough year for movies for me Mm. like there were not a lot of movies that came out that year that i liked well it's a good thing it's your turn yeah yeah (laughs) so my favorite movie that year was suicide squad no No, i'm kidding um Fuck that movie. The reason Arrival didn't do well is because that movie kept everybody stupid too long. <laughs> yeah, right, I would agree. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite yeah, of 2016? My favorite of 2016 is uh, The Nice Guys. Yeah, uh, sure. That's a good movie. Sure, I'll let um, you have that one. <laughs> um, that was one of... A, it was uh, the first film uh, Shane Black had uh, directed in, since, uh, Iron since, Man 3. since Iron Man 3, which I still stand by as the best Iron Man film. And, like, it was essentially Shane Black doing kind of what Tarantino did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he took the kind of movies he loves and just made, and he just made a fun, uh, was it a fun-ass movie. Um, like, uh, I mean, like, it's not exactly the most, it's one of, it's one of those times where I just go to movies, it's like, it's not Shakespeare or anything, like, there are some thoughtful things in there about, like, uh, alcoholism and all of that, like, it's implied throughout there, they don't, never directly say it, but it's implied that Russell Crowe is a, is a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Be... I'm pretty sure they blatantly say no, it. No, they never say it at one point. Vera points where he's walking around, and he, all he'll do is look at a glass and then just continue on or whatnot. Well, Ryan mm. Gosling is a drunk. Yeah, and just yeah, kind yeah. of a loser. Um, it has some. It has like that quirky and quippy dialogue that I love. Um, like uh, and just the subvert those little subversions of ex- expectations. Like there's that point where uh, Ryan Gosling's daughter like tries to hit the one girl who has a gun on them with a pot of coffee, but it's cold, so she just <laughs> looks at her like, "What the fuck." Um, have you seen it, Lucas? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. a good movie. I like it. Yeah, no, I love how uh, the um, how like at, there's a point after the third act where it's like, okay, well, where the fuck do they go from here? We're screwed. And like, uh, I love it when movies like that kind of keep me guessing or whatnot. And like, this movie also kind of reminded me like why Shane Black is one of my favorite screenwriters, and to this day has only made one really shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, Predator. Um, uh, Predator. Or, uh, Predator. Mm. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, it was one of a better Ryan, uh, better performances I'd seen from Ryan Gosling in a while. Cause it showed kind of a different side of him. Yeah. Um, it was also like, a like, a, even just like Russell Crowe, I was like, wow, damn, Russell Crowe got fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of had to for that movie. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, uh, before we start 2017, I want to point something out. We are over an hour now. Uh, on so, this side, on this part, on this one. Yeah. Holy you know, fuck. To be honest, yeah, I so, think. This is I, this two episodes. <laughs> to be honest, I think that it's I think that it's worth it, given that we have just had a whole decade we've had to talk about. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah, gonna definitely. cut out a lot of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just pointing that out, just so we're aware. Of where For those are. of you at home, 
thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just hammer through these because we only really got two more, and then we're at our current year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 2017. Yeah, this is a year I, Liam and I already know that this we're equal on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have the same. We the same movie. It's Logan. Logan. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Logan for this year. Uh, I think we, we've said a lot about yeah, Logan in the past. I will say that, like, the biggest thing that I've come to terms with about it, and I know why you have a problem with it, Lucas, mm-hmm. which is that it is a very uh, sombering and depressing It, it is unrelentingly miserable. Like, I don't, I don't mean that in, like, in like a, a negative... Because I, I do think it's a very well-made movie, but yeah. it's, it just hurts to watch. Yeah. I think part of why I... That I think part of why it inspires me so much, especially to the end, is that, like, there is, like, that kind of like the children of men scenario where it is there is like that true shred of hope or whatnot mm-hmm. at show and i think why i find again why i find it as inspiring as i do it and it reminds me why i love likes i uh, was it storytelling and soup and heroes and all of that and it shows that like your heroes are <laughs> your heroes can be flawed you can be a completely broken just a uh, wreck of a human a complete like miserable individual and like you can have like the worst terrible things happen to you but it shows that like the you it's sometimes it's okay to fight for fuck i'm getting goosebumps talking about it. it's okay to fight for something more it's okay to like still go out fighting the good fight and dying for others and protecting what you love and you believe in that's yeah. that's incredible because that's the exact Ditto. same thing that happens in my favorite 2017 movie go for it lucas it's the last jedi the last jedi <laughs> that, that was a that movie was a big year for bad in movies for me like mm-hmm. blade runner 2049 had that for me oh yeah which was very came, also came close to making my list yeah i, I mean we've, we've talked about all the star wars movies after this after this episode no more star wars until ryan johnson's trilogy comes yeah out. i mean well it'll probably come up every once in a while yeah, but, but no more no like, extensive talks no more no more extensive talks about star wars yeah. i'm sorry mark vandergraff um <laughs> you don't you, you've met mark once yeah, yeah. Uh, mark probably won't listen to this episode but uh he always wanted to come on and uh and talk about star wars and then we let john come on instead oh, yeah. um <laughs> sorry yeah. mark uh, yeah. uh last jedi is brilliant the people who hated it are dumb yeah fuck you <laughs> Uh, I don't actually mean that. It's okay to hate Last Jedi. Just if you're harassing people about it, fuck you. Yeah. Um, it's a great movie. Everything Liam said about Logan also applies to Luke in this movie, which yeah, is no, crazy. His, I didn't really think about that before. His final stand in that movie is something that I do find, and his final stand in his death or something I find truly beautiful. Yeah. I do too. I and, think. And it no, and it's cool, and it's cool to have some titty milk. You know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and just like his I whole, mean, most uh, milk comes from like okay. his whole speech gives me goosebumps and whatnot, and the fact that like. Uh, not a single person dies after he makes a stand. No, yeah, him. No, I, I can't remember who, who told us uh, that. John, John did. John brought that up. I was it in my humble opinion that is what a Jedi should be. No, that was that was the most Jedi thing that has happened in any of the Star Wars yeah. movies. It's not. It's not just lifting rocks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lifting it's, rocks. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ditto. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I really enjoyed that. All right, now uh, we're at 2018. 2018. 2018. Uh, and for my choice for that for that year, I think we might. Some of us might be on the same level here, but that is. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which came very close so for me. Good. Yeah, my second favorite of that year was Quiet Place, mm-hmm. but now oh, the those more, are my two favorites. Yeah, the more I think about it, I think Spider-Man. It, it's not a close race. Spider-Man mm-hmm. for me really knocked that shit out of the park. Yeah, because wow, is it so? It's so incredibly well animated. It, it tells this yeah. beautiful story about about growth, about puberty, mm-hmm. about becoming a man. It, it tells. It's a great story about friendship and. Uh, and um, just 
learning to love yourself, you know, it's great. It's yeah, so and good. learning learning to be yourself. Learning as to well, be yourself, yeah. Instead yeah. of trying to be it's something. That hello, you're not. danger. In fact, yeah. uh, I wish that I included What's some up, danger, animated sir? films on my on my list because there were a lot of good ones that came on there for me, like Spider Man into, into the Spider Verse, the Lego Movie, Rango. Yeah, I, I wonder how many people who listen to this, uh, if they are real cinephiles and they're sitting there and just getting mad at us because we didn't mention like a terrence malick film or like a, <laughs> a fucking movie by terry gilliam or we're, something we're like, like kind of you know? right in the middle like like the people who are like oh i really like movies but only really watch star wars and marvel movies are getting mad at us because not mentioned enough marvel marvel movies yeah and the people who are like way more into movies like you should be talking about scorsese yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah no we like it all guys yeah. <laughs> it's okay it's okay to it's okay to like a lot of different kinds of things and uh uh, do you guys have anything more to say about uh, Spider-Verse? Or? Uh, I think we've said on we, the podcast previously everything yeah. that we need to say about it. Yeah, thanks, Scotty, for coming on and helping us with that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's a great movie. Uh, since you said Spider-Verse, I will say uh, Quiet Place. Nice. Uh, great movie. Uh, I, I just uh, There's not a lot. I, like, I already gushed about it when I first saw it on, yeah. on the show. But Emily Blunt and John Krasinski and all the kids just give such amazing performances. I agree. The, the sound design's incredible. What do you think about the sequel? Did you see uh, the trailer I, for I it? I did. I did. I'm cautiously optimistic. Me too. Yeah. Because there's a couple, couple scenes in the trailer. There's a couple scenes in the trailer where I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Like when they're getting chased down by the bus and then the, yeah, and the creature like, crawls like, out of the bus. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty neat. But you can't sell me just on cool looking visuals. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. know like real. I want to know what's really going to happen in that. Yeah, yeah. Because the great thing about a quiet place is that like it was very uncomfortable and suspenseful, but it also had like a very genuine heart and like just actual like human emotion in there. Yeah, yeah it was at, at its core. It's about family. Yeah, and being quiet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think the second movie looks like a slightly louder place because um, it looks like there's a little bit more talking. Mm-hmm. A little bit more uh, human, inter- like not human interaction. A little bit more interaction because the first movie is is very human. Yeah, um, which I really appreciated about it. But um, yeah, great choice, Lucas. Good choice, Liam. Well, do you have a Do you have one for you? Yeah, my favorite film of 2008. The more I thought about it, was probably uh, Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, oh, I still haven't seen that one. I've been meaning to. I think a lot of it is that like, uh, um. Uh, was it is again like just how unapologetically weird it was and like uh sat- and satirical it was which is so being... weird because you you're you usually hate things that are like unapologetically oh no weird. i love things that are actually weird as opposed to things that just act weird without a purpose that's <laughs> fair okay like uh you know think i don't like things that are just like weird and pretentious for weird and pretentious sake like this one is like a genuine like satire and whatnot like again i said it before it's like uh being john malkovich meets an episode of south park yeah and it's also uh, this is really cool. And again, uh, and it's very rare this happens. It's a movie that very much fits and subs up a lot of my uh, social politics about like the workforce and like the way uh, and like labor value and all of that. Like it's kind of like the one of the ultimate leftist films. Yeah. Um, like all of the performances are great, and like I love how it kind of breaks some conventions that you see in a lot of movies, like the Friends group. Like in a lot of eighties movies, you have like the token group of friends where it's like we're all just a bunch of white kids, and there's like. Uh, white uh, white boys, one girl, and then, like, one black kid. Well, on this one, my, friend, my main friend group, they're all black, and the only token person there is an Asian guy played by Steven Yeun. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's really smart. I no, like been, that. That's, that's a movie. Ever since ever since one of you saw it and mentioned it on that show, I, I've, been, I've been wanting to see it, but I haven't gotten around to it for whatever reason. It was also cool that the guy who directed it, like, uh, 
uh, was it he fought for a long time to get it made and he was a rapper before he became a filmmaker yeah he was in a band called street sweeper social club oh, yeah. and, and like Tom Morello from the rage against the machine even, oh, it's yeah. also a movie that uh, did have some limitations but they were able to make it work like it was originally he originally wanted donald glover to star in it but like uh, he was busy with like childish gambino stuff so it's like uh, okay so they went with lakeith stainfield and to be honest i thought that was the way smarter decision because I have a feeling that in that movie, like, I would have just been seeing Donald Glover yeah, and not, probably. like... Yeah, probably. But I thought it was just way smarter to go with a lesser-known actor. <clears throat> yeah, probably. Yeah. And that brings us back to uh, 2019, which, which we kind uh, of already discussed. Yeah, we talked about it at the start of the episode. My favorite was Midsummer. That's Knives, pretty much Knives it. Knives Out. Yeah. Knives Out. Knives yeah. Out. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I will say that we did have some... Sadly, have some knives out at each other during this, <laughs> during this episode. Yeah, see, we've calmed down. It yeah, took it took an hour and a half, fun. but we got there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so one, one movie that I think might be my favorite, but I haven't seen yet, is nineteen seventeen. Which yes, I'm really excited to see. Yeah, it starts uh, January tenth, actually, yeah. in, yeah, in it, Canada. It's technically released in twenty nineteen. Yes, but yeah, it did uh, really I want to. Well I'm, I'm probably going to go see it next night. week. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking to see it as soon as possible. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited about it. Yeah, so. yeah, I don't normally like war movies, but I like Sam Mendes enough. So oh yeah, I'm. I'm just happy that it's a movie about like because we always get like world war ii movies and whatnot i'm happy to see a, like a world war one mm-hmm. instance because like what's interesting about world war one outside of the fact that based on some stuff in the news we're having some similar scenarios <laughs> yeah there's also the fact that world war one was i find it almost kind of more interesting than world war ii in some ways because there wasn't really like a clear-cut bad guy there like there was with the well, Nazis. Well, no, World War One was a mess. Yeah, World War One was literally just a bunch of countries being assholes to each it other. Was a, it was a bar fight. Yeah. Like, like someone punches one guy. He's like, hey, don't punch my buddy. He punches him. Someone punches his buddy. And yeah. Just, yeah, eventually the whole bar is involved. That's how World War One started. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I think somebody got assassinated. <laughs> Franz yeah. Ferdinand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good band. Um. Uh, okay, anyway, uh, so this has been the Thundercast for this week. Uh, we have some exciting stuff moving forward for the rest of the year. Things we haven't told Lucas about yet, but we'll tell oh. you right now. Uh, Liam and I had this idea about doing a, uh, a bracket system for the coolest character of all time. Okay. Um, so look forward to that, uh, everybody at home. Um, we'll explain more to Lucas after the podcast. Uh, but uh, for we those all... of you that have heard our characters episode, which is by far our worst episode, <laughs> uh, we are going to go back and redo that in a way that is is actually going to be entertaining, hopefully. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, this has been the Thundercast for this week. We, we broke down a number of our favorite movies from the past decade, and hopefully uh, 10 years from now, we'll have another round of 10 movies for you to listen, for you to, listen to us bitch about. Um, uh, Cats... Thank you for existing uh, so that we could have a quiet theater to record this podcast in. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Mistopolis. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, so this has been the Thundercast this week. I've said that three times, and now I'm officially ending it. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. See ya. All right, uh, we forgot to add one thing. Uh, uh, we're going to do our, our uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so if Sorry, you like this on, episode. Sorry, just give, go back to the, and this has been, uh, thank you for tuning into the Thundercast. I thought I already, we do, so this is an end cap. This yeah. is an end cap. No, it's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> this is a mess. Yeah, so thanks for listening to the Thundercast this week. If you liked what you heard, then uh, Lucas, take it away. <laughs> um, follow us on social media. We have Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, we are uh, Thunder Lizard Collective, and on Twitter, we are Thunder Lizard OG, Thunder Lizard Og, if you prefer. Uh, if you like this show, tell a friend, rate us five stars on iTunes, share us on social media, follow us on Spotify, uh, and of course, uh, we have other shows.
shows that are coming up. Uh, we have Thunder and Dragons, where I am the Thunder Master, running uh, Christian and uh, Liam and our friend Dan through some adventures that yep. should be coming out soon. Within the next couple weeks, yeah. yeah. With the next yeah, the trailer weeks. is the trailer. Trailer, the trailer is out. not out, but trailer will be oh, out. Okay. Uh, so by the time you're listening to this, the trailer should already be out. Right on. So um, you can find that just by searching Thunder and Dragons, or if you just go, if you go onto Spotify, iTunes, and you search Thunder Lizard Collective, you should be able to listen to the trailer that way. I will also post it on this channel as yeah, well. Right so we'll um, probably we'll probably uh, tweet out links, put links on Facebook, stuff yep. like that. Yeah. So if you yeah, so look for look for those uh, social media handles, and yeah. then you'll be able to keep in contact with us. Uh, yeah. So anyway, now officially, this has been the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. Yeah, I'm William. See ya. Uh, right, I'm right, a dummy. <laughs> I'm he a, said it. That means I could say. Yeah, it. I, I kind of feel like Joe Rogan now. I'm sorry. <laughs>